Hello and welcome to another episode of DIY EV Chat, the podcast about making your own electric car. And today my guest is Anthony Besançon. Uh, took me a while to work out that one, but yes, Besançon, there we go. Hello, welcome Anthony. Hi Tom, thanks for having me. You, I think you've got the equivalent of cheese right in terms of unusual names there, but uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly stands out and people remember you. It does. So now you, we'll talk about your project in a bit, but you've built an EV, um, you've converted a car, we've gone down a slightly similar route in terms of hardware choices. But before we get into all that, what sort of skills did you bring to the to EV conversion land? I can see a 19 inch rack in the background, so <laughs> there's some technological background there. Yeah, so, so my day job, um, I'm around technology a lot. I work in uh, in live events. I, uh, I do video for um, sort of big uh, big ceremonies and concerts and that kind of thing. Um, okay, so there's quite quite a quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of technology around us. Um, but I, I never get involved in the kind of board level stuff or anything that, that's really used in that. Um, formal training. I left school with uh, I left school kind of went straight into into work um, and then a couple of years later um, did a course in electrical installations so a bit of okay. bit of electrical knowledge there as well you've been around high voltages before been around high voltages not um, not ones that you can't switch off very easily <laughs> <laughs> unlike batteries <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what about other projects do you have a sort of history of making stuff this is by far the biggest uh, the biggest project I've undertaken. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of little tinkering projects, you know, things around the house, little helper projects, little things for the kids, that kind of thing. But nothing quite this serious. Nothing quite this serious, no. <laughs> and what what sort of how did you stumble across the the idea of doing an EV conversion? I've I've been interested in EVs for, for quite a long time. I remember. Um, uh, my boss at the time, he he just got delivery of a new uh, Nissan Leaf in uh, 2011 or 2012, whenever it was. So, you know, really very early days yeah. um, in that and uh, took a little drive in it and was like, this is this is amazing. This is this is the future. This is where we need to be. And so I've been really interested since then. And then obviously, you know, EVs have become more and more popular. We, we ended up buying a Leaf, uh, the, the, the 40 kilowatt Leaf as our daily driver and more and more, I was like, oh, I really, I really want to get rid of this smelly old 1940s A-series that's, <laughs> that, that, that's dropping oil all over the drive. And yeah. Well, I mean, that's a clue to what you chose to convert. So what is it you've, what is it you worked on? So it's, uh, it's classic mini, uh, 1980 uh, vintage. And it's one we've had for many, many years. We bought it from, uh, from a student at, at college, um, they sold it to us for twenty pounds because uh, it was, as far as they were concerned, it was a complete non-runner. It was broken, and we uh, we swapped the HT leads around on it, started up, and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's yeah. a bargain. And when when so you, when did you get it? When did you buy so, it? Oh, this was in you know ninety. 19- six or 97 okay. or something like that so so quite you know back when you know the cars were kind of disposable like that and, but we kept it and it, it um it's kind of ironic because when i first bought it round to a friend's house they noticed the number plate which was 93v and she goes oh should run on 93 volts and i was like oh well there we go let's <laughs> now it runs on 300 and something i was but... gonna say you're running slightly <laughs> higher than that now 
So so when so when did you make that sort of when did you make the leap when did you make the decision say right we're gonna we're gonna put an electric motor in it I, I think it was uh, it must have been about February last year okay um, you know as, as you do after a few weeks probably months of of googling around the subject and I, I'd seen a lot of other people there wasn't a lot there was very few um, very few mini conversions have been done at the time very very few and um, there were some very high end ones. Mm. Um, and you know, there was a few forklift motor AC 50 type conversions. And there was one guy who'd, um, had done a really nice job and, and put, well, actually there was two guys who had done a really nice job and they'd used the leaf stack in there, but it really didn't fit very well from the pictures I could see. And it required, you know, new subframes, body modifications. The battery was on the back seat in one of them. And I just thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to, I want to keep the car. I don't, yeah. I don't want to lose the seats. I don't want to change the subframe. I, ideally, you know, we could swap it back to a petrol engine in, in a weekend. Um, so, yeah, more Googling and more Googling and eventually found that, that the Outlanders were, were a pretty good size and could potentially be controlled just with CAM. Um, and then, yeah, as most things end up, I was on eBay one night and, and there's, a, <laughs> there's a motor and why not? <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to picture the uh, the leaf stack in my head versus the size of a classic mini and thinking, yeah. I mean that just looks painful. <laughs> it, 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 most of the pictures I've seen, it, it doesn't fit great. <laughs> so you you spotted the Outlander. You went straight mm -hmm. down the Outlander rear motor route. Is that right? Yeah, rear motor. So I managed to um, pick up an entire um, Outlander rear axle assembly, motor, drive shafts, the whole the whole subframe, everything mm. for something ridiculous like 300 pounds um which was incredible and uh all excited went off and picked that up and um yeah and it it, it, it all started to happen very quickly after that once you'd kind of uh once you committed it all went uh it all went quite quickly so you got the outlander um rear axle so you've got the mm -hmm. sort of notionally 60-ish kilowatt motor in there but much better torque profile than mm -hmm. front motors uh, and drive shafts so what did you do with regards to drive shafts did you get some made up did, so, did so that's the that? only bit interestingly that's the only bit that required anything that i've called specialist tooling that you know everything else i've done is just you know a welder and a hammer and a vice pretty much you know it's <laughs> man good. after my own heart <laughs> exactly <laughs> very much nothing you shouldn't have in your own kind of workshop so uh, that was the only thing fortunately a friend of mine um he had a lovely lathe, a really nice, big, powerful uh, lathe, and uh, was more than happy for us to uh, to borrow it. And um, my, my brother-in-law had, you know, was quite experienced at driving that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, we very simply we took did a cut and shut with the mini drive shafts. It was pretty much the last thing we did because I wanted to get everything in centered, and I was really keen to keep the drive shafts the same length. To yeah. try and reduce the torque steer because I knew we'd have a lot of torque at play potentially. So I was very keen to keep them the same length, which they they are, fortunately. But um, yeah, we, we we cut and shut the mini drive shafts with the Outlander ones, and we basically socketed the um, the mini one and then uh, spigoted the Outlander one, joined the two together, fiddle weld, and then. Um, yeah, we were done. <laughs> Very good. So, so before that, it was about mounting it all up in there. Did, did you? What did you do with regards to the subframe? Did you effectively make up a new one that bolts in, or? No. So again, super easy. It was 
it was kind of weird just how well all of the components fitted in the mini. It was like, if I put it here, there's, there's a tiny bit of metal to remove from the back of the subframe just so the diff can sit, you know, really center to the hubs. Yeah. And then it, it all just fits. So um, I thought, and, and I kind of started this project expecting it to go wrong, expecting to become really <laughs> unstuck somewhere. I, I, had, I didn't have high expectations of succeeding. You know, I, I fully expected to get to um, a point and just go, all right, okay, this is this is going to cost thousands and, uh, you know, we'll just give up. But, but it all kind of came together. And for, and for mounting into the subframe, we kept the subframe completely standard. Wow. Drill, drilled a few extra holes, a bit of strengthening um, and used some, like, really... Uh, large industrial uh, bobbin rubber mounts um, yeah. fabricated some um, some adapter plates again just out of you know re, you know sort of free meal steel um, bit of welding and, and, and hammering and uh, and that was it it was easy as that and it just kind of slotted in and uh, it doesn't move it's it, yeah it's really great <laughs> And, and with regards to the electronics, you're using a, the matching Outlander rear inverter, are you? Exactly, yes. Yeah. So it's all driven. Um, one, one of the things, ha having seen that there was a potential to control it with CAN, it was like, okay, let, let's um, let's try and keep as much OEM gear in there as possible because, let's face it, you know, they, they poured millions yeah. into, into researching this and are going to do a way better job than I can ever imagine. Um, and equally with the charger, that was already pretty well known. That was, yeah. uh, there was a reasonable amount of information out there, so I was pretty comfortable with that. So yeah, we took the um, took the rear inverter um, and the charger along with the motor. Uh, and that was another eBay special, was it? Um, well, actually, it was uh, the guy who I got the um, uh, the rear axle set up off of. He, he was one of these kind of driveway breakers. He had four or five Outlanders on his driveway in. Uh, oh, might be the same guy who West sold me my, my rear motor, actually. It's, it's quite possible. He was in uh, Uxbridge, I think, West yeah. London. Yeah, lovely guy. Um, very, very reasonable prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if anybody needs Outlander parts, we have a good contact. He's got a good contact, yes, <laughs> yes. So what was the, what was the process of, of getting it up and running? Did you get it up and running on the bench first? Did you sort of have a bit of a play around with canvas no, and I stuff? Was, uh, like I say, we're starting off with my, my negative attitude. It was uh, like, well, let's just put it in and see what happens. So, <laughs> so we mounted all the motor, and I didn't really have a um, I didn't have a battery pack at this point, and I didn't really want to um, build up, um, you know, a rectifier or, mm. uh, or or go and purchase a smaller battery pack or something like that. I was like, if I'm going to buy a battery pack, let's just let's just do that. So, yeah, so I concentrated on the uh, on the mechanical side of it, mounting it uh, and all of that, and um, and getting the inverter in and understanding all the wiring. And then later on, tested it with the battery pack. And what are you using to provide the CAN bus signals to drive the inverter? So it's all a board that I, I designed myself. Um, wow. That was uh, that that was one of the the really interesting parts of this project for me. I'd never, um, you know, everything I'd done had been on strip board. Um, I played around quite a bit with Arduinos and things like that before. So you know, a, a limited understanding of of the kind of hardware involved. Um, but I went down an interesting route in some ways because of component shortages and things like that. Rather than um, uh, going sort of full SMD, I ended up using modules. So okay. from, from Amazon or eBay or wherever, AliExpress, you can pick up um, you know, these little CAN bus pre-made uh, PCB transceivers. And they just plug in on a header and 
and, and it, so everything on the board just literally plugs in. There's a few resistors through hole to solder, and that's it. So it's very, very simple to, to build up. If you blow something up, you just replace it. But um, I also came across Teensy. I'd heard of it. I'd never really used it. Um, and realized that, you know, this is a massively power powerful platform. Yeah. It's got the CAN bus built in. It's got serial ports for days and all, all the bits and pieces you could want. And I started to dig into it more and, um, and realized as well that it also had really, really solid, easy to use CAN bus libraries. Yeah. So it, it made the programming side of it actually quite straightforward. Have you found them fragile at all? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got, a, <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a disappointingly large pile of ones that no longer work. Because <laughs> we, we've had the same issue. Because we obviously it's used in uh, Simp BMS, and we've been exactly. I say we, yeah. Jamie and Robert, who I do a lot of uh, sort of have a lot of conversations with around the this sort of stuff. They've been working on sort of you know variants on Simp BMS yeah. and. Yeah looking at switching to ESPs because the, the Teensy is a, ex, relatively expensive versus yeah. an ESP32 and has proven to be somewhat fragile. It, it is. I mean, mine's effectively electronically wrapped in cotton wool now, I would say. It's, uh, it's uh, opto-isolated on every input it can possibly be and, you know, all of that. And you've just got to be very careful with them. And, and most of the time, it, it's been whilst prototyping and, and yeah. you know, a loose wires touch something or... You know, or you've done something stupid like try to power a relay directly from. A <laughs> 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 little bit too much current there. It doesn't take a lot. <laughs> no, no. So that's cool, and that's. Can people use that board? Is it, I noticed you've got an Easy yeah. EDA account. Yeah, Easy EDA. All the designs are on there. Um, the code is up on on GitHub, um, and there's a um, there's a thread on the forum as well. And there's a a couple of people uh, playing with it. Seem to be getting. Getting reasonably far along I'm just, now. I'm just looking good. at the spare Outlander rear inverter I have over in a corner thinking, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, and so what are the limitations of that? Because one of the things, one of the reasons I've I've stuck, well, I'm planning to stick with my Prius Gen 3 inverter at the moment is, is I can basically massively overclock that motor, whereas I'm yeah. guessing with the stock inverter, you're limited to its stock output, albeit it used to propel a dirty, great you know, yeah. SUV. I mean, so. I, I've got the opposite problem. I mean, the Mini is, is 700 kilos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the first time the first time we you know took it out on the road, um, I, I had the throttles directly mapped, um, you know, zero to 100, it's 100 being 200 newton meters of torque. And and it just sit there spinning the wheels with smoke coming out. <laughs> it was completely undrivable. <laughs> so um, yeah, so we, we we toned that down a bit and realised okay, there's there's more than enough power here. And, and I only ever really this was never going to be a racer. No, it was just going to be uh, you know a, a good practical uh, family car. And I ended up developing the code in, in quite a bit. So now we've got three different modes to run the motor in a kind of eco. Um, normal and sport mode, if you like. Um, so we can have different throttle profiles um, depending on how you're feeling that day. And yeah, the, the Eco is is very gentle, drives probably similar to, uh, you know, a classic kind of uh, a mini of the day. Yeah. Um, but with... Just know, a bit a quieter. Bit of, a, bit, a lot quieter <laughs> and a lot more refined. And then, um, and then you jump into sport mode and you can have as much fun as you want, really. 
fantastic i'm definitely going to go and get me one of these boards i'm now <laughs> just starting to reconsider all my plans for, for refitting the the, uh, the 300 um, and what did you do on the battery front then so the battery front um again sticking with the outlander stuff i, I thought well let's just get the outlander pack again with, with the negativity of, of, of how the whole project was going to go it's like i don't want to commit to a massive um a massively expensive pack the outlander yeah. packs are cheap um i kind of knew it would limit me in range the the en energy density of them's quite poor mm. but they're very very easy to work with you know the cells are a, are a really good size they're super stable they pack well um and and they're cheap oh, oh and they work with simp ems they work really right well yeah with simp. so that, and then as it turns out, if you buy a whole pack, you get a whole load of goodies in there that, that are incredibly useful. So, so um, contactors and... Yeah, contactors, pre-charge resistors. There's a fan in there. There's uh, If you get the right one, there's even a heater element you can reuse. Um, Is there really? But, yeah, there's a P little PTC heater was an option in some of them. Um, huh. And then, uh, yeah, like, you know, all the cabling you'd ever need, all, all that stuff. Now, the question I'm, a lot of people I'm, I'm imagining are thinking is, where the bloody hell does the battery pack go on a classic <laughs> uh, Mini? So, right. Yeah, so that, that was one of the challenges, is, is how do you how do you fit it all in? Um, so we've got uh, six modules in the boot. Um, okay. And we actually, actually managed to um, keep some of the original Outlander battery box and kind of section it into the boot. It fitted. Wow. Again, it just sort of fitted. It, it fitted really quite well. What's, what's the structure of an Outlander pack? It's 80S, 96S? It's uh, 80S, 80S, yeah. 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 Um, so we, we managed to... It was, it was pretty easy to split up again to it, it, because the, the, the modules are packed eight... Um, eight cells to a module okay so they're, they're relatively easy to to split up and they're all uh serious up internally with a single uh a single cmu um so we put six in the boot two under the back seats again they fitted just right um and then two uh two under the bonnet wow and that um and again that worked out really well uh, and the car's actually so much better for it because uh, the weight distribution has ended up really close to 50-50 now. I'm just thinking that. It must be really even. It's really... It, uh, by, by no design or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> by, by pure accident, we've ended up pretty close to, to a, really balanced, uh, a really balanced weight distribution. So how many kilowatt hours is that in theory? So it's for 13.8. Um, okay. Which is a little low, especially for its, again, its size and everything. But um, it's more than enough. For, for what we, you know. What yeah, and what sort it. of range is that giving you? Um, in theory, about 60 miles. Okay. Which is pretty, pretty healthy. Um, That's I, I, very it's, usable. It's, it's, it's more than usable. I mean, obviously, if you, you put it in sport mode and... <laughs> <laughs> start drifting it yeah, yeah. Then, then you're not you're not getting that but but typically we're seeing um about five and a half miles per kilowatt hour something that's like that. really good i guess that's so down really, to the weight it, it's down to the weight yeah which again super interesting um I took my brother-in-law's got, got a classic mini as well and um and i got a set of uh scales here and we weighed that and we weighed the completed mine and um it's exactly the same weight within five kilograms we, we, it's exactly the same weight so that's incredible absolutely incredible yeah 
So the whole setup only weighs the same as fuel this, tank engine gearbox. Yeah, fuel tank engine gearbox, yeah. That's a spectacular transformation. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so charger, you use the Outlander charger. Outlander charger again. I mean, brilliant, brilliant unit. It, it's super easy to work with. You get your DC, DC with it. Um, and, and again, it, it fits in the mini. It fits underneath the passenger seat just perfectly. <laughs> so, and what, so what are you doing for cooling then? Are you sort of routing cooling lines into the cabin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I took the original um, uh, gear stick out. Um, right and, and 3d printed a little a little grommet to pass some cooling lines through and then um for a bit of nostalgia it just kept the original uh the original mini side mounted rad in there <laughs> <laughs> nice so a little bit no, overkill for the cooling but <laughs> no need for fast charging or anything uh that, that's that's the next stage one of the next okay. projects i'd love to get um i'd love to get a chatamo in there as well as Plug a plug a cable in that's bigger than the tires, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's down the line. What about the other ancillaries? Because um, does does the mini have power steering? Doesn't does it? No, I mean again, so super easy car to convert. No power yeah. steering, no um, no brake servo in that model. Oh so, wow, okay. Yeah, so no need for for vacuums or anything like that. So it's really just connecting to you know brake lights, reverse lights, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, the, and the heater was the heater's just electric, so we we kept the. Um, I had one of the original, or the later type heaters is a plastic casing, so right. I was quite happy to um, to put uh, just a PTC core in there, and it was literally as easy as swapping out the wet core for uh, for a PTC one. Is that um, running high voltage or low voltage? It's running high voltage. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we used the uh, the Chadamo contactor um from from the outlander battery pack is the heater contactor and it's just powered on with the um with the fan so it can't come on by itself it needs the fan um, fantastic it's, it's better than it was before cause actually, <laughs> yeah no great surprise there it, it actually gets warm <laughs> <laughs> so when did you get it all on the road then so um well we started in february and um, there was a, a local mini show in town in September, and it was uh, the kids were kind of like, "Oh, go on, finish it, finish it. We want to take it to the mini show." And and, uh, and it was kind of like, "Yeah, it's never going to happen." And and it kind of did. So yeah, we finished it in early September. Wow. Well, when I say finished, I mean it's never really finished. No, no. <laughs> we drove it in early September. So. And any issues with MOT and things like that? Uh, again, I mean, because it, it's a historic vehicle, it's MOT exempt and remains MOT exempt. So that was super easy because it was a non-issue. Yeah. Um, same with tax. Um, registration and insurance was something that was really worrying me. Um, but again, from some kind of luck or, or whatever, we uh, <laughs> it was no problem at all. It, it was send off the documents to the dvla and f four weeks later it was you know registered as as an electric vehicle um, amazing yeah super rare <laughs> Don't know how it, that happened. and insurance wise insurance was again just bizarre we um we, we've had a classic uh, classic policy with the same company for many many years and um my, my wife phoned them up to say hey look we, we, we we've done this electric conversion um, will you be able to insure it? Uh, will it cost any extra? And on the phone, they went, 
no, 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 that's fine, no problem, I'll just send you out some new documents. <laughs> we kind of left just hanging there going, did they understand? <laughs> did, did, and yeah, the documents all came back, electric, no problem at all. It was. I, I don't know what you did in a past life, but I <laughs> want some of <laughs> I've used up all my credits. <laughs> what was the reception like at the mini show? It was it was super interesting, actually. It was obviously the only electric one there. Um, yeah. There were lots of, you know, people are putting Honda engines. There's lots of engine conversions there. But, yeah, this was the only um, the only electric conversion there. And there were a lot of people who were very, uh, very interested in it, um, particularly as I didn't spend any time really doing the bodywork. It, it was, I, I did all the kind of, you know, the rust um, removal and all, all yeah. of that kind of normal things you have to do on a mini. I, I did that a few years earlier. So it's a solid base, but the paint works, you know, a bit faded and, and bits of it haven't stuck properly, you know. So it, it looks tatty. Yeah. It's solid, but tatty. So, you know, a lot of people sort of passed it by and then kind of walked backwards when they saw what was under the bonnet. <laughs> I had the best comment from my uh, where the window cleaners around this morning and the car was charging. I had the bonnet mm. open, and he comes up his ladder, looks at it, and climbs back down again and just starts <laughs> staring at it. He's like, "Is that electric?" Yeah. I said, "Yeah." He said, "What are you? Some sort of Stephen Hawking? Do you work for NASA?" <laughs> like, no. It's amazing what you can learn from YouTube. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Wow, you're some kind of genius." And we're like. No, I'm not. I'm just, you know. <laughs> Open inverter forum, YouTube, yeah. incredible combination. Yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's next for it then? It's uh, it's, uh, it's. So I'd, I'd love to get some fast charging in there. I yep. think that's, uh, that's a super interesting project. Um, slightly longer term, I want to look at uh, using it as some kind of solar storage. So okay. we've, we've got some solar panels. Um my kind of I, I haven't really fully figured it out, but it will probably be an external charger that's modulated based on um, availability of solar power to yeah. charge the batteries, and then um, the reverse at night. I think that could be uh, an interesting project. You should have a chat with Jamie, former guest on here, who's looking at something similar. Yeah, I've seen a few people um, with, with similar ideas. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully there'll be a good good source of uh, information out there soon so it sounds like it was a very smooth project what uh, what were the most what were the biggest challenges as you went through it well again i mean because i wasn't particularly expecting to get very far very quickly with it um i, I took things you know one step at a time and i didn't really hit many challenges it was it, it was yeah, it was quite surprising in a way. Everything went pretty smoothly, um, you know, other than blowing up teensies. But, but yeah. <laughs> you just accept that as a cost. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, consumables. Consumable, totally. Yeah, yeah. But heat shrink and teensies are they're just they're in the same category. <laughs> and most most rewarding aspect? Oh, it, it's it's when you first spin the motor for sure. I mean that 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 really. I mean I think that ranked above. Uh, of the first drive you know really you, yeah when, when, when you get all of that and you know when i first span it it was all you know it was on strip board and jumper wires everywhere and you know it was it was real like well let's see what happens and you know it makes that that little whining noise and then spins and you're like yes i've done it <laughs> it is a great moment it, and it is and once you've got that moment it, it's that's it you know you know you'll be able to get 
get through through the rest of it. Once once you've got that mode of spinning, you're done. I, I think you know the rest of it is just tuning, really. And last question: What's your favourite tool? I would say it's my soldering iron. <laughs> I, 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 it's not what I use it a lot, but I like using it. Yeah, there's something very sort of zen about soldering when it's going well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> Getting that sort of flow state of breathing, even if yeah. you are breathing fumes in. <laughs> I think that's what makes it so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, kids. No. Stay away from the fumes. Listen, thank you so much for coming on, Auntie. That's been brilliant, and I, I really want to look forward. I really want to see this car at some point. We'll have to uh, find some way to get a bunch uh, of the, the UK to, to join up. Yeah. yeah, the UK DIY EVs together when we've all got the range to do it. That's the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean like you're saying the next things I'd, I'd love to get a bit bigger battery pack in mm. there and um get a get a bit more range that'd be the thing same same similar goals well listen um thank you for coming on thank you for listening slash watching um if you do like this stuff please do like and subscribe you can subscribe on youtube and there's also an audio version of this podcast that goes out on spotify and itunes and google podcasts and all of the other places uh so yes please leave us some feedback comments are very much welcomed and that's it thanks for watching slash listening bye bye bye